Report on CITR 101.9 FM. Today is Wednesday, January 24th, and we are broadcasting to you live from the University of British Columbia Vancouver campus, which is unceded and stolen Musqueam territory. I also come from Alberta, which is Treaty 7 territory. Um, and my name is Serena. I'm your host for today. We're also joined in the studio by three lovely, wonderful guests today, if you want to introduce yourselves. I'm Izzy. I'm Sara. And I'm Madeline. Yay! So, yeah, we have three guests today, and we also are going to have um, a review coming up from Cecilia and a little promo from Jack Campbell as well. Um, so we're going to start off by hearing that review. It's a review of a tightrope theater production called Blind Date Show. So take it away, Cecilia. Hello, this is Cecilia from Arts Report, and today I'm here to review Blind Date a Canadian comedy award-winning show at the Tightrope Theatre. So just a disclaimer, the show was from December 5th to December 23rd, which means sadly there are no more shows in Vancouver. But I'm here today to vicariously deliver the amazing experience that I had. So stay tuned. Before watching the show, I of course read the media press and it said that audiences would be a part of the show, poked right out of the crowd. It also said that it would be a fusion of clowning, improv, theater, and social experiment. So I was like, ooh, it would be like spectating a real blind date. And I absolutely love having friends go on a date and tell me what happened after. So I couldn't miss the opportunity. The show starts with Mimi waiting for her first blind date. And you can feel the excitement and butterflies in the air. And then the date was up on stage, consensually, of course. After that, it was just like two people just asking basic questions and trying to get to know each other. You know, oh, where are you from? What do you do for a living? And so on. And trying to continue the conversation or to form a connection almost immediately with a stranger that you just met like a minute ago is real effort so it was really surprising that the conversation went really smoothly and i also felt really intimate and shouldn't be there um that i shouldn't be like eavesdropping but what was really interesting was that there was a time out where the guests from the crowd could quote-unquote escape from the show and be out of the character to be present in reality whenever they felt uncomfortable. Um, anyways, the date was going really well and there was a scene where Mimi kisses her date and the guests called a timeout. So there was a stunt double who got picked out spontaneously from the crowd just for the kissing scene. And even though everything was kind of acted out and was during such a brief amount of time, I think that the emotional bond was real. So I think it's totally valid for someone to feel uncomfortable or comfortable even, depending on the person. And it was a crucial scene that visualized the stage of intimacy, especially because first kisses are normally very exciting. It's very new where mere attraction or like perhaps infatuation turns into love and something real. Um, now fast forward, um, the two hypothetically marry each other and the show is based on marriage life where Mimi was pregnant and her contraction started and as you can expect, she has to like give birth to a child and this contrasted with the first part of the show where it was the very early stages of dating which is a completely different type of love. Um, it's not just a spark anymore. It's 
loving someone for who they are as a person, even though they aren't perfect, right? And as cliche as it sounds, you know, we've all heard of it, we all know it in our head, but it sends a message to us to communicate, 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 especially for those who are cynical about relationship or who believes that marriage is hard work. Um, it's not, it's really not. Also with modern dating, um, I believe that a lot of people out there, including myself, thinks that it's terrible. And um, I think the reason or one of the biggest reason is that people tend to lean towards dating apps than to meet someone in real life, right? So people are just a swipe away. So it's so common to go someone or to be in a situationship where you're like not labeling each other, but you're technically doing all of the things that a couple would do without commitment, which is, I think it's like really messed up. Um, but I guess like, with all this like modern dating, um, connections are broken so easily or what's formed aren't even real connections in the first place, you know? It's hard to find real, deep, meaningful connections. And I think we can all learn a lesson from the show and hopefully not give up on dating as well. Oh, it's like so hard to convey the atmosphere of the show and what I felt, especially because it was an improv but I hope I was able to give you guys a taste of it, you know? Um, anyways, that was a quick review of Blind Date at the Tightrope Theatre, which is all about building real-time connection and making the guest the romantic hero. I think it is what everyone exactly needs right now, so a huge thank you again to the Tightrope Theatre for having our support, and I'll see you guys again, hopefully with another review. Bye! All right, that was Cecilia with the review of Tightrope Theater's um, Canadian Comedy Award-winning Blind Date, which actually sounded so dope. I'm so glad that someone was able to go to it. Um, and yeah, big thank you to Cecilia for covering that. And as we're talking about thank yous and I do's, it's <laughs> my segue, uh, CITR's Fun Drive is coming up in a couple weeks here. <laughs> so exciting. So Fun Drive is our annual week of fundraising. Woo! It is very important, very crucial, um, and very awesome also. Fun is the first part of the drive, obviously. Very awesome. And this year's theme is Say Yes to CITR. So think gaudy, think Vegas wedding, think Elvis impersonator, think... Um, Whitechapel, maybe? I don't know. What else is, like, Vegas winning vibes? Yeah, very Whitechapel. Very, like, we did it in half an hour and it was supposed to take two weeks. Mm. Oh, Spur okay. of the moment. Many things in Vegas are a gamble, but your relationship with CITR sure isn't. Loving CITR comes with a lot of perks. You can yes. count on CITR to be a powerful and accessible platform for local creators. So true you really can and a lot of people who start relationships with citr have very long relationships that is so CITR. true i feel like genuinely citr is really deeply embedded in like vancouver arts and culture stuff. people are in it for life it's not like a divorce culture that type is of so scene. true i mean we were looking at all the um archival merch yeah which is so awesome there's like stuff from like the 90s like they had interviewed grimes in like 2008 yeah and, like, there was That's stuff so cool. about um, Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, like, Nardwar just posted about, like, his interview with Nirvana. No way. And we just talked about how Arts Report has been called Arts Report for 30 years. For, yeah, the show has been on air for, like, 34 years or something like that. It's, like, extremely longstanding. So, clearly... We're really, like, filling in the footsteps of people. We No, we are. At CITR, everything we do. beautiful and stressful. Yeah. It's like, wow... They did such cool stuff. How can we one-up them? It is beautiful and stressful. It, beautiful and stressful, beautiful and poetic. And it's kind of, on. it feels like an honor. It is. I feel like it is an honor. And if you feel honored to say I do to CITR do. next week, which is not next week. I'm lying. Fun Drive is from the 1st to the 8th yes, of you. February. Is that next week? No. That's that the week is... after. That is the week after. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is the week after And next also week. February 1st, I believe, is when the bus strike comes back again. 
So keep that in mind. Oh, there I didn't is know a second she was back. bus. I didn't strike. know she was coming back either. Yeah, and this one will also include the Sky Train. It's also Harry oh. Styles' birthday. And okay, it's also <gasps> Harry Styles' birthday. So on a, February what? On first. Wow. February first. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, I have a midterm on February second, so I don't know how that is gonna go. But anyways, <laughs> during that is also Fun Drive. He's an Aquarius. I guess. Harry Styles. I guess. I think. Yeah, I think that he must be in Aquarius February first. I mean, someone can fact check that, but I'm like almost certain. It's yeah, I'm almost true certain with too. my heart. Yeah, <laughs> you feel it. Wow. Well, he is a little. He's kind of a flowy guy. A little bit. Yeah, he gives water. Yeah. He gives water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and air and, and treating people with kindness. Is? I guess. Yeah. I think water. Aquarius is an air sign, which is quite strange because it's aqua. It would be water. Yeah. yeah, you'd think it would be water. Yeah, no, it is an air sign. I remember yeah. that. And aren't we, didn't we just end the age of Aquarius and now we're in something else? Yeah, wait, I've, well, Pluto just went into Aquarius, I No, think. no, I mean, like, the year. Like, oh. it used to be the, like, the age of Aquarius was, like, the 70s onward or something. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm Googling. And what's it the age of now? Uh, now, oh, wait, oh, wait, I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. I think that had some, yeah, I think that was true. I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, there seems to be very many different layers to astrological knowledge. Oh, we're in the age of Pisces now. Wow. And the... Wow. <laughs> oh, wait. Does that mean anything? To you? Yeah, what does that mean for us? Yeah, and the calculated launch of the age of Aquarius, part two, should be in the 22nd century, around 2160. And yet, 2021, <laughs> seven planet stellium in Aquarius led other theorists to believe that we've arrived. Wait, there's so much more Arrived lore than I knew. There's a lot of there lore. is so much lore. Wait, so we're possibly already living in the age of Aquarius, which should be theoretically the 22nd century. Did we like speed up time? Whoa, wait, <laughs> what? That's a lot. Which also goes back to how CITR is so longstanding. It literally goes through different ages, different yep. generations, mm-hmm. different millennia. CITR will be here whenever the age of Aquarius hits, when, whether it's when now or 2160. Gone, you know? Yeah. When everything is over, CITR's programming will still be around. Yeah. Um, this is actually a really full circle moment for me, being oh, yeah. on CITR, because I was like, I was on a Tinder date with this guy before I even came to UBC. And oh my gosh. I was like, I have not heard this. I was working towards getting to UBC. So I was at Vancouver Community College and I went on a date with someone who said they were going on a radio show later and they talked about our date and then they sent oh. me they sent it to me oh. afterward. The, who was it? Wait, can we I feel I like think we're we, allowed to uh, name drop we can name drop during the PSA and if it feels like it's okay, maybe we can announce it again. Okay, yeah, his name's Teo. Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, actually, I think it's fine. No, we're on good terms. We're on good terms. That's crazy. But this is full circle because this was before I even knew like UBC or CITR. Wow. So before you were here, you were being talked about on CITR. Yes. Wow. Oh, my God. So yeah. it is extremely full circle for you to be yeah. here right now. We, wow. we, we needed you. We've been like waiting for you. <laughs> so happy. You've been meant to be here. Aww. He was right here. Imagine yeah, him like oh, in so that true. seat. Maybe the same seat. Yeah, for sure. It's like, wow. man, I just met this girl. I know. It was all good things, too. It wasn't, like, a weird story. It was just kind of, like, just very basic, like, we got pho. It was good. And oh. Yeah. Wait, was it good? Go? Yeah. It was good. Um, Someplace in Caresdale, and I can't Cute. remember now, but wow. if you find a pho place in Caresdale, it's probably really good. Cute. Yeah. What a world we live in. I know. Small world. Speaking of a small world that we live in, I'm just like killing it with segues today. Yeah, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Izzy, you recently went to recently ish went to a UBC play. Yes, which is extremely. How do I say this? Like you know the snake that eats itself. I don't know yeah. what the actual symbol is called. Like the Russian doll vibe. Well, it's like okay, CITR covering arts and culture, covering UBC play, UBC radio station, UBC yeah. Izzy. You know, basically. Yeah. So the world is made of Russian dolls. And Izzy's. And UBC. And Izzy's. And, and that UBC's. is how we define it. And I did indeed go to a show here. Yeah. At UBC. Tell us about it. It was on November 23rd. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit in the You past. guys can decide for yourselves whether that's recent. I, well, recenter than I've gone to a UBC play, personally. But it was at the Freddie Wood Theater oh, cool. here on campus. Sick. Great little locale. <laughs> and the play was called Concord Floral. And it was a... 
the actors were all from the Bachelor of Fine Arts acting program here. Oh, wow. But they were fourth years, I think, Mm because they're all like one year older than me, Mm -hmm. than I am. Mm -hmm. And it was fantastic, actually. What I distinctly remember from the experience is that I did not feel calm the whole time. I was kind of like on the edge of my seat a little bit. Like, I was very uh, kind of drawn to it. So what was the actual plot? Because now it's over. Like, there's no yeah. spoilers. You can you can. So the premise expose. is that Concord Floral is this greenhouse mm-hmm. in the middle of a community where mm-hmm. all these different teens come. Wow. And they just congregate there. It's like a... It's like Wait, doesn't that happen in sex education? Sorry, I feel like... It's like season one, the like crazy bathrooms. Does anybody... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The crazy bathrooms are the greenhouse. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. With well, because there's plants in there and stuff. So it's kind of like that, except for it's not at a school. It's just, I mean, it's a play, so some of these questions just aren't answered. But basically, it's the big skeleton of a greenhouse. We're getting a caller. <gasps> Should we answer? Yeah, let's answer. answer. Maybe okay. they've seen Concord Floral, We're getting too. a caller. Caller, um, you're going to be on air in three, two, one. Hello. Hello. Hello, greetings. Greetings. Salutations. Salutations. You are on air, CITR 101.9 FM right now on the Arts Report. Very good. I have not seen this movie you're talking about. That's okay. Uh, I was calling in when you were mentioning the Age of Aquarius, Age of Pisces. Oh, yes. You have some info. Well, I heard a while back that, uh, you know, you're born under a star sign. I'm a Taurus, uh, but you're actually the star sign previous to the one that you're born under. Because when the charts up, it was the stars were slightly differently aligned than they are presently. Right. Oh, my God. I heard that because it means I'm a Leo, which is crazy. Wait, I'm a Taurus too. I, so what does what does that make yeah. me? Aries? Is that right? I read and just take, you know, a grain of salt with all of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa. And the the fact that we're ahead of the age of Aquarius or in it uh-huh. and we don't know it, uh, might be based on similar right. thinking. Right. Is what I'm thinking. Oh, that's so interesting. That shakes things up for sure. Yeah. That makes Although, sense though. Those people way back when, they knew stuff we don't know now, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like the, the we, pyramids uh, and the batteries in the pyramids. I think about that the all the time. Stuff that we have just forgotten as humanity. Mm-hmm. Wow. We knew back that we knew back then it took us, it's taken us, you know, this long just to catch up to almost where they were. Can, I, I, can I ask you I how you know this we, info? Hmm? How do you, yeah, how, where did you, where did you find this stuff I, out? I can't a source or anything. But I do remember hearing this, uh, if you look in the skies when you're born, like, you know, you're not, you not, but your parents, uh, uh, the stars, because it's the stars that are rising as far as the, uh, you know, Taurus versus Aries stuff. Aries is raising in the calendar time that is Taurus presently. Whoa. Mind just, is boggled. Just because, uh, you know, that was thousands of years ago when they set this stuff up. And there were slight shifts that happened over that time, and maybe they didn't account for that. I don't know. I'm not an astronomer. But they had a lot of time to look up at the sky and figure stuff out. And, you know, clearly they did. Yeah. So you think we're just more casual about it today? We're like, yeah, whatever. It's probably not we, that different. We but they rely were like, on other sources. We, we, yeah. we rely on other people. We don't do it ourselves. It's true. We have more light pollution. <laughs> that, yeah. I'm in a class about imaging, like, the Earth from the sky. Right. Like, satellite imaging. And it's harder now? And the amount of light pollution that we mm-hmm. have is insane. It's, wow. like, really bad. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, yes. it probably messes up our, like, ability to... Like appropriately predict. Well, what they, you know, you know, all they had was a campfire and the stars, right? There was nothing else. It's like prime they, ingredients for a good chat. Yeah. <laughs> chat about life. You're like, okay, guys, let's get into it. That's true. Yeah. So can we all just put down the phones for a while? <laughs> yeah, for real. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, for calling in. That was actually extremely enlightening yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some more research on this when i go home lovely insight. So, okay. thank you so much your name is alan yes nice Carry to meet you alan. Talk. I, I was interested in that as well yeah thank you so much yeah thank you all right uh, thank you for answering there's been like several years 
due to some sort of global health crisis that no one was answering the phone because it was all pre-recorded. So yeah, I'm right happens. To, you know, dial in and have someone answer. Well, we're glad that you're listening. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for supporting CITR in our, in our time of need. Hey, CITR, I love it. Bye. Yay, CITR. Bye. Thank you so much, Alan. Bye-bye. Just another love story. Yeah, literally. So oh. many love stories here at CITR. That's incredible. I feel enlightened, truly. Um, Shall we get back into Concord Floral real quick? Yeah, we can get All back right. into it. So, that was a fun segue, That though. was like, yeah. I kind of wanted a bit more astrological knowledge there. Yeah, that we was... were starting to get into that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love Maybe next people. episode we, like, kind of... We can, yeah. we can do some research. We can oh, come back, you know, viewers. Bring on someone viewers, who's hello. really well-versed. Listeners, yeah. stay tuned. There will be more information about the age of Aquarius. Yeah. I can guarantee soon enough. Um, But Concord Flora was great. Mm-hmm. Premise is a bunch of teenagers, a greenhouse, a spot where they all come. And right. this makes the set kind of cool, too, because you right. get, like, this skeletal greenhouse type thing, and it's in this big field, and they're all, like, shared neighborhood. Oh, I feel like there have wait, been like some the backyard movies against. made with this premise. Yeah, like the backyard again. Sure. You know how they have the one like yard they all hang yeah, out in. Yeah, yeah. They're your backyard friends. They're on my mind all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Who was your favorite? Back- Mine was Austin, like without a doubt, because he was like a special like treat because he, was, he wasn't in all the episodes. You know, yeah. Austin like kangaroo one. Yeah. So I was like, yay, he's here. I get it, the special treat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But Unique was something to be said about her too. I think I liked Pablo. Pablo super lit. He was. Sick. Pablo was giving like, like um. Bob the Tomato vibes too. Who's Bob the Tomato? Like from VeggieTales. Oh, I didn't watch that. You didn't watch yeah. that? You seem well versed in cartoonage. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was a big cartooner. That's <laughs> that great. Sounds, <laughs> like, that sounds derogatory somehow. I'm gonna stop. Please go back to Concord. <laughs> I liked. I liked <laughs> cartooner. Yeah. Oh, I don't like. It. Um, skeletal. Anyway, it was great. One of the things that I really liked about it. Mm-hmm. All the actors did a great job. UBC has fantastic actors. Yeah. Shout out to all the all the actors. Totally, yeah. Great stuff. Great physical chemistry. Like you could tell that they had been working with each other for a long right. time. Well, I guess it's also their like degree, you know what I mean? It's They're going to put a, lot, a, a lot of heart And into the cohorts it. are small. So, right. I assume that these are like quite intimate relationships that form. How many like players were on stage? Do you know? Like ish, like like how many? I want to say 12. Okay, yeah. And it could have been less. Yeah, like it was definitely around that. Yeah. It was it was not huge. Uh-huh. And that's how many people are usually in the BFA programs for acting. Oh wow, they're so it's that like a tiny. very yeah. That's extremely competitive. It is, and it also means that your crew that you're like acting with or people wow, that you didn't know realize really is well. that tiny. So if someone's like, I have a BFA in theater from like this place. They're like one of ten. I mean, I don't know if it's like that everywhere. I'm not an actor myself. Fair, yeah. But that that's how it is here, at least for each year. Wow. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, totally. But they all had incredible chemistry with each other, and it was the type of. So one of the reasons I was interested in seeing this is because when I read the little description of it, it talked about being inspired by Boccaccio's Decameron, mm. which is um, Boccaccio's an Italian poet from the Middle Ages, like 1300, 1400 plague time. Cool. And <laughs> plague time. he writes this little like funny, kind of like naughty story of there's 10 days and there's 10 stories a day mm-hmm. and there's all these little different tellers and it's this group of friends and they're like living during the black plague so they flee to the countryside in italy and they like tell all these stories and oh. this was kind of a similar idea because all of the kids are all fleeing to this shared space this greenhouse and they're just like telling stories and having these acts oh. and the setup was similar like it would be like this day and then the next day so it's like 10 days so that that structure was kind of nice and it's always cool to recognize links and things mm-hmm. hey, so why were you on edge or like um because there was this like whole mystery in it. So at the beginning, you find out that these two girls have been at the greenhouse once and they've found something like they think it's a body. And you don't really know what's going on. But also, there Wait, was a lot know, of... they don't know like it's not necessarily a body? You, you don't really know. And they then just we keep the find in the out, dark? Is that what it is? They're like, we found something. They're looking in a pit. Oh. So they're like, it's a, it's a shirt. I hate pits. And then there's this whole <laughs> element of, of like all of the players remember something but they don't remember that they remember it so there's a shared Whoa. memory that's unattainable between all of them and it's like because of shame and they're, they're trying to cover something up but so that's a really interesting element yeah. of the whole thing and there's like really open conversation about like death and dessert that's what i wrote 
like like vengeance or yeah, karma yeah, yeah, or like yeah. things coming back yeah and people like being dead or alive there was just a lot of I thought that was cool and this is why I was on the edge of my seat because there were like these big themes and there's this shared memory that's kind of unknown mm-hmm. and there's this crazy chemistry on stage and it's like all through teenagers which is a very relatable <laughs> yeah and it's a super so like real. up and down time yeah. where everything's just kind of happening and it's super intense Oh, so that was definitely cool. all evoked on stage. That sounds that's super cool. compelling, to be honest. Yeah, love it. It was great. They were. I was really impressed by UBC. Yay! They killed it. So I think they have productions annually or every couple months. Because if that was the uh, every couple BFA months project, like there's one coming up called Tomorrow Love. Okay. Oh which yeah, has there third is. Third year yeah, and yeah, fourth yeah. year BFA students. Beautiful. It's like a bunch of different little love stories, which uh-huh. is super cutesy, and it's February. I guess it's like around Valentine's Day. Right. Yeah. But there's another one also that I don't know the name of. That's like right around the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the different years do different kinds of productions, mm-hmm. kind of every oh, season. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, go watch. Yeah, I'm, go watch something. I'm like, I want to go. Yeah. Go to the Freddie Woods. So wait, did the one that you saw? Is it done now? It's done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It Can was in the fall. Can you tell us what fall. happened? At the end? Yeah. yeah. Do you find out what it was? Or do you want to keep us in the dark? It's <laughs> it's like I won't really be able to explain it uh, fully without giving all the detail. But basically, it w- in the end, it was a bullying story. And it was like this oh. shared memory that they had forgotten because they'd all participated in this bullying oh, experience. Oh, my gosh. It's like Promising Young yeah. Woman. Have you guys seen that movie? Sorry. No. That's what's making yes. Me well, sorry. What yes. was it called? Promising Young Woman. Oh. It's like the... The movie that I I mean maybe I'm wrong about this, but the movie that Emerald Fennel like got famous from, oh, it's yeah. starring Carrie yeah. Mulligan, mm. and it's like yeah, but it's kind of similar because it's like these horrible things happened in like, like I don't want to say worse than bullying, but like it was like pretty bad, um, and like but like there's so many people involved in it and they like conspire, not even necessarily like consciously, but they're just like well I don't want to like I don't want to be associated with that's that. it it's but unconscious. Then it's like, Whoa, no all of you did this hor- like you all facilitated these like horrible things and you're just like shared memory is crazy yeah. and do you believe in the collective consciousness i do a little bit because mm-hmm. if people decide to forget something it's forgotten yeah if everyone decides to forget that right yeah i was talking to um oh my gosh let me think of his name uh this um What's his name? Sorry, I'm thinking. He's like a, a psychologist at UBC, like a psychiatric researcher, and he does ketamine therapy. Um, he's very, very famous, like extremely successful. There's like in the U.S. they have Rick Doblin, who like was like a pioneer in like getting um, like drugs decriminalized and like hallucinogenic like research. I think you um, told me about this. Yeah, but I don't know. But the name. Mark. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I can't remember his last name. Anyways, Mark something, and I will remember this in a second. Um, but he's like the guy for Canada, basically, and he had like collaborated with Rick Doblin, and now he he works for UBC, and he came and did a talk in my class. And I, in my past life as a as a psych major, this is like what I wanted to go into was like, um, hallucinogenics and like for therapy. Um, and yeah, he, I talked to him after class for like quite a while. Um, Because I have, like, a lot of knowledge on the the subject. And I asked him about the DMT elves because there's a thing that happens when people go on DMT. This is what we talked about. about The machine elves. Yeah. There's a thing that happens, Zara, when you go on DMT (laughs) where people all over the world that, like, would not theoretically have, like, had, like, you know, prior notions of it or, like, it wasn't, like, an idea that they had, like, created in their mind will see these elves and sometimes this, like, grand wizard that will, like, teach them lessons, basically, about life. Collective consciousness. Or, like, whatever. But they they describe them, like, kind of similarly. Like, like people all over the world that, like, would not know each other, that would not know that other people are having these experiences are, like, often seeing the same thing. And I asked him about it. I was, like, in your, like, professional opinion, what, like what do you think of this? And he's like, well, obviously my personal opinion, like I can't, like it doesn't matter what my personal opinion is like on this kind of thing, but there is no evidence that is denying like that existence. You know what I mean? Like he's Mm -hmm. like, this is the first time that we have like had scientific evidence point to some sort of collective consciousness slash different dimensions slash something else. But it's like in some sort of way that science as the limited notion of science that we have can't verify like 
this is a true like we have proven this phenomenon to be true proven as far as science goes it's like scientifically valid or whatever and it's so interesting that it's just kind of an accidental step to an accidental realization yeah natural experiment yeah oh totally that's cool but anyways collective consciousness that's very spooky that stuff is crazy the dmt examples are always crazy yeah no that's one of the more tangible yeah examples of there being like a really shared experience yeah no fully um speaking of this is the terrible segue but we're gonna play a couple of psas now and then we can resume this discussion think I wanna, about the machine else, i also guys. this is totally so that i can google this guy's name also. nice <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah a couple psas In the context of Vancouver's opioid crisis, CATR would like to take a moment to share some harm reduction strategies. Try not to do drugs alone. When going out, let friends know what drugs you're taking and make sure someone has an unlocked kit. If you're able to, get your drugs tested before taking them. Avoid mixing opioids with alcohol or stimulants. Remember that opioids can include painkillers prescribed by a doctor, and it's possible for any drugs to be contaminated with opioids. Learn the signs of opioid overdose, which include, but are not limited to, unresponsiveness or unconsciousness, inability to speak, breathing that is slow, erratic, or has stopped completely, heartbeat that is slow, erratic, or has stopped completely, skin tone that has turned blue or gray, choking or gurgling sounds. If you think someone is overdosing, call 911 immediately. Start rescue breathing and administer naloxone if you have it. You cannot get in trouble for being on drugs, so always call 911 in an emergency. For more information about naloxone kits and training, visit TowardTheHeart.com. Thank you and stay safe. Are you interested in radio? Do you want to start your own show but you don't know where to get started? Make your radio dreams come true by joining a collective. From the News Collective, the Arts Collective, the Music Collective, the Sports Collective, the Accessibility Collective, the Indigenous Collective, and the Intersectionality Collective, there's something for everyone. And we provide free technical training to get started. Explore these worlds virtually and in person, and be prepared to make fun friends. For more information, visit citr.ca slash getinvolved. MRG Live is happy to present Anomaly with his live band at the Wise Hall on Saturday, February 24th with support from Blue Wednesday. Anomaly has toured his electro-jazz project all over the world, but this February, the Montreal-based artist embarks on a full Canadian tour for the very first time. Come out to experience the innovative fusion of electronic beats, jazz harmonies, and funky grooves from the one and only Anomaly, live in concert with his band. Don't miss Anomaly at the Wise Hall in Vancouver on February 24th, 2024. Tickets are on sale now at admitone.com. Fun Drive 2024 is right around the corner, and this February is the perfect time to say yes to CITR and all it has to offer. Visit donate to citr.ca right now, make a donation, and then claim your prizes. For a $30 donation, you'll receive a CITR earplug case. $60 gets you a glow-in-the-dark yo-yo. A donation of $101.90 scores you specialized marble dice and a song dedication on Valentine's Day. The next one's dedicated to Rachel from Ross. A $200 donation will get you an engagement ring, 32-ounce Nalgene water bottle. $500 and you'll be sporting a nifty, just-married sweatsuit. And for a grand donation of $1,000, you'll get to host your own show on CITR 101.9 FM. Testing, testing. Is this thing on? And remember, all prize tiers include their specific prizes, plus all the prizes from lesser tiers. That means for an $1,000 donation to CITR, you will receive an earplug case, a glow-in-the-dark yo-yo, marble dice, a Valentine's Day song dedication, 
The next one is dedicated to Rachel from Ross. A 32-ounce Nalgene water bottle. A fashionable just-married sweatsuit. And of course, your own show on the station. All right, here we go. So what are you waiting for? Say yes and visit donate to citr.ca today and help us reach our goal of $20,000. Welcome back to CITR 101.9 FM. You're listening to The Arts Report with your host, Serena. We also have Izzy, Sara, and Madeline in the stew today. Woo! And um, the psychedelic researcher that I talked to, if you were listening before our ad break, his name is Mark Haddon. He is very lovely. He, quote unquote, served as the executive director for MAPS Canada for 10 years and is an adjunct professor at the University of British Columbia School of Population and Public Health. And he was awarded the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal in 2013 for his drug policy reform work. So he's kind of a big deal. And if he believes in the collective consciousness, then I do too, to sum it up. Amen. 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 Ooh, interesting religious religious spin on it. Sorry, think. it's been <laughs> on the brain. What I was going to say is like, I like the fact that people are seeing elves and wizards. Yeah. I like that because... If that's the other dimension. It, yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was the thing. That was lingering. Yeah. Over the whole. I like that, too. My siblings and I went hiking over the break, uh-huh. and we were discussing the possibility for the truth of dragons. Like, oh. we know dinosaurs were a thing, and dragons are present in so many different, like, mythologies yeah. and different cultures. It just kind of makes sense that there was something like a dragon at one point that enough people saw. Kind of like a dinosaur type thing. I always think about that. Like, there's so many cultures that are so far apart that, like, have really similar looking and sounding like mythological yeah. creatures. It's just the fire breathing that seems a bit. Yeah. I can't quite <laughs> wrap my mind about that part. There's a fire sign you don't you can't wrap your head around. <laughs> yeah, I have three fire signs and I can't figure out how someone would breathe fire. You're like I want to learn. <laughs> I deserve to know. <laughs> someone let me reach my full potential. I had this crazy book when I was little called Show Me How oh. that was like this thick. Yeah. And it was how to do. I'm holding up my hands kind of far apart. Picture a thing. I would book. say like maybe maybe five centimeters. So uh, dear listener, five centimeters. A veritable tome. It was like quite a book. Quite a veritable tome. Show me how. And it had like how chest. to do so many things. Like tie a cherry in your mouth. And can you like, do that? So many can you, different can things. Can you tie a cherry in your mouth? No, I can't. Oh. And that was a weird example. Another one was like how to like wrap a baby the right way. Oh, Literally so everything. And one of them baby. was breathing fire. And it involved like putting some oh, fi- flammable yeah. liquid in your mouth yeah. and then milk soon afterwards and then breathing. Oh Wait, my God, fire bilk. <laughs> fire bilk. Sarah, tell tell the people about fire bilk. Okay. Another PSA just dropped about fire bilk. <laughs> I guess this will have to be a yeah. This this is a recipe that you can make at home, <laughs> and it involves a fireball shooter. Um, <laughs> a bucket, <laughs> preferably a bucket. Preferably of them. a bucket because you might mess up the first time, but you're gonna want to take the fireball shooter and drain it or drink it to the halfway point. And then drain you're, it. Come on. No, drink it. <laughs> then you're going to get your milk of choice. Um, mine is almond. Milk. Or there's oat. Oat milk is also great. And then you're going to fill it up the rest of the way. So it's a 50-50 mixture of fireball and milk. And that's fire milk. And it's genuinely kind of delicious. And it's yeah. delicious. I, I like it. But at one time, I was like skint for ingredients and I used real milk. And it just, I don't know, like drinking that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just, the... The flavor wasn't bad, but I knew I was like drinking alcohol and milk, and it was disturbing. Ooh. But I know that that is a thing. Other like, like a other white people Russian. Do. Yeah, like that is a thing. Yeah. I just I'm not well versed. I feel it. like I do a fire bulk with eggnog. That would be super. That would good. actually probably be really good. I love eggnog. Notice though. our barista roots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. We didn't even discuss it. it. Yeah. All right, let's let's go. Who wants to start? So we have shared history. I'm actually Collective the last part of this history. Oh, should this I is start? Our, I'm yes. Gonna... Yeah. The genealogy. The genealogy. We'll go one at a time. Here, yeah, you can okay. turn the mic. So the reason we all know each other is because we all used to work at the boulevard. I wonder if someone's listening and they're like, oh my God, <laughs> I knew that voice. <laughs> yeah, we all used to work at the boulevard, which is a coffee shop on campus. Yeah. Um, and I started working there first, like 
summer of 2022, I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You were the longest. I was there for a year. Oh, gee. Yeah. Oh, like a full year. Good yeah, a you. full year. What did you yeah. do for the one year anniversary? Um, quit. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline was a manager, though. Yeah, I was your guys' boss. Yeah. 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 Crazy. You really worked your way up. (laughs) I know. Not me. Oh, my God. Girl bossing. But (laughs) no, I couldn't. I felt so bad. I felt like I was exploiting workers when well, against my morals. <laughs> Even though I was only getting paid like a dollar. Yeah, over. you were the worker wage. getting I was exploited. You're yeah. <laughs> like the local coffee shop manager, but we're like all in social justice. Yeah, yeah like, I know. I felt so ashamed of myself. But anyway, who was next? I think it was Sara. It wasn't me. Well, we all, all three of us kind of came like boom, boom, boom. Did shortly we, I after didn't, each I other. I didn't know how long you had been working there when I showed up. Um... I I can't recall. Really? Yeah, um, our managers kept track. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Madeline knows my stats better than me. But um, I joined, and everyone was super nice. And then we just all kind of became besties. And like more people, more cool people would come. Yeah, like you know. But we, it has its flaws. So we got to move on at some point. But I thought you were so cool though, because you did the roasting, and I was like, wow. Like, yeah, I oh, also thought you were so cool for roasting. Sorry, like, like roasted the coffee beans. Like we all just roasted. made Americanos. Yeah, you like yeah. really. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, was... if you if you had a Boulevard beverage between like <laughs> November 2022 and like July 2023, those beans. You're welcome. Were roasted by Sarah. Yay. Love for minimum wage, and you're getting the like <laughs> acknowgement <laughs> that you never got that you deserve. Yeah, you know I mean? like, yeah. Thanks, guys. Right now, this, this is behind the scenes right work. I'm patting myself on the back. Yes, yeah, wait, Madeline, pat her on the back. There we go. Your <laughs> manager is congratulating. <laughs> it's all worth it. It's all worth it. And then Izzy, you worked there next, I think. You worked no, there before Serena. me. Did I? Yeah, I there before you. A hundred percent. I started oh in like end of January 2023. Stop. Wait. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And so, I feel like it was, like, the same time. So you also started then? Yeah. I think we met once we had both been working there for a minute. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I didn't know you for, like, a while into it, I think. I don't know. How did we meet? Uh, at work. But I don't know anything apart from that. Do you think we met before the boulevard, though? Like, outside of the boulevard, I mean? Like, was it Margo? I might. I feel like... I knew who you were, but I don't know that we had actually met. This is weird because I've never considered when we I've met. I've never thought about mm-hmm. that because I know when I met them. So Serena you, and you I are having a strange it. moment, but we yeah. definitely both worked at the boulevard. We need to get our collective consciousness firing. And then we'll <laughs> yeah. Be like, oh, we'll be zoned <laughs> in. We'll know exactly. We'll be like, I remember. Yeah, it's <laughs> sketchy was, right now. It was it's raining. Like, the connection is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're not in the right like astrological area. Yeah. That's why. It's that whole like maybe Aquarius, maybe not. Yeah. I can't recall. Once we figure it out, we'll remember. We'll, yeah. We'll know. We'll start breathing fire. But you did used to always start your shifts after me, so I'd finish my barista shift, and then you'd come in to close. And you oh, would come Serena and start, like, you, like you'd shifts. sit and, like, do your homework. <laughs> yeah. I you'd really be like, let me know when, and I'll time. start. <laughs> yeah. But I think I quit first. Of all of us, TBH. Maybe, Sar- no, you didn't quit first. I quit first. Mm. No, I think it was, it was you. Yeah. And then it was Sarah, and then me. Mm-hmm. And then Izzy. And then me, and tragically... I left at one point during my last year. I left to go, oh God, sorry. <laughs> like back to Montreal for a month. And I left and you and Adam and Lane were all still working there. And I was like, okay, bye besties. Yeah. I can't wait to see you. And then I get back a month later. They've all, all quit. quit. <laughs> and nobody told me. So I showed up and I was like, where are all the people I work here for? And I, remember, I remember Lane like calling you basically trying to beg you to like take my job yeah because i was quitting he texted me when i was afar yeah. and was like you want to do admin like, no. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah but then emma did it for a bit oh queen this is she? really we're getting all the tea yeah we're there. really yeah. good i feel like no one full is full government names workplace yeah, <laughs> like, this is wrong. Hopefully the owner's not listening. but this was the reunion that was was needed it yeah, was. yeah. Boulevard and reunions. speaking of reunions me and Sara were united once more when you came back from your gallivant. Mm-hmm. And hey, we, we celebrated by going to the art gallery. Which all four of us were supposed to go. Um, <laughs> and you guys bailed. Can, can we? Making plans is hard. I know. Yeah, it's I hard. 
it's hard in the first week of school especially too. yeah yeah you did go early but we rallied yeah. And we art galleried. Oh, that's kind of a bar, actually. It's um, and it was so sick. And we should yeah. talk about it. Yeah. The Vancouver Art Gallery, I feel like, honestly, doesn't have the best reputation. Yeah. Um, But I think lately they've been doing a pretty good job. Yeah. And I saw this ad, actually, mm-hmm. for one of the exhibits at the Vancouver Art Gallery. And it was called The Tangled Garden. And it's um, an investigation into how they discovered that some of the paintings that were donated to the VAG were fakes. So they go through the process of finding out that they were fakes and proving they were fakes. And then there's kind of like an interactive thing where when you're walking through the exhibit, you can use your own judgment to see if you can tell as well. So then I was like, Serena, come on, Mm -hmm. let's go. So, um, so now I really wish I went. Well, but we can go again. <laughs> like, I'm willing to go again. Oh, it's still on? Okay, yeah, it's still there. Because we had to race through a couple of the exhibits, like, a couple of the other ones, just for, because we, we spent so long analyzing these paintings. <laughs> no, so yeah, we cool. sped walk the rest of the gallery, which I kind of wish we had more more time. Um, And then my locker got jammed, oh and then we God. were, it was a whole fiasco. But, um, but yeah, it was, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. It was one of the artists from the group of seven, the yeah. Canadian group. Um, was it Tom Thompson? No, was it right? was J.E.H. McDonald. Yes, it was yeah. J.E.H. McDonald. You're right. And, yeah. You can so so the exhibit starts out, you, like, walk in, and they just have a lot of the group of seven's, like, works, like, different ones. And apparently the way that they operated, so the group of seven is, like, seven painters, and I'll pull up their names in a second, and then also associated with them is, like, Emily Carr and Tom Thompson, who are not technically part of it. But it's basically just very... I'm using quotation marks, influential Canadian, like nationalistic painters, kind of like Canada's big like painters. Um, and apparently the way that their like artistic practice worked, which is like I found this out at the exhibit, is that they would um, I forget what it's called, but when you go live sketch, so they would go outside and they would sketch a painting. And by sketch, I mean not draw, but they would paint like a small version of a painting that they intended to finish later. So at this exhibit, you walk in and they have a bunch of different like finished like full piece paintings from different like members of the group of seven. And then also a bunch of their sketches too, just ones that had been like collected over time by the Vancouver Art Gallery. And I think maybe they borrowed from some other galleries too. And then you get more into the exhibit and they're talking about how the the forgeries i guess or is it like fine to call them forgeries i guess they are yeah because some of the handwriting yeah someone like had intentionally like faked it yeah so i guess they are forgeries um so it was a collection of 10 sketches by jh mcdonald so they weren't like finished paintings which made it kind of harder to analyze because it wasn't like oh like he would have never done this because they're like oh maybe he would have done that you know in a sketch Um, yeah because they were sketches. So you get to walk in and you see a bunch of sketches and like from there there's like little QR codes beside it and you like watch a video kind of explaining like the style that he like typically had and then you like look at each of them and you like answer like a little QR like quiz and you're like I think this one is like wow. a real I think this one's fake. Oh, that's so cool. We did okay actually. Yeah. yeah. Cuz once got... you like figure out the tell like it actually like mm-hmm. I totally got we it. We did our research <laughs> leading up yeah. to the quiz. We like knew mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. jh mcdonald's like tendencies were yeah and what like he would include like some details he would include yeah. in like the qualities of his work so yeah it was cool because you could get you could get a fair try at it it wasn't like you were just like randomly guessing yeah and it was like it was there was like little mm-hmm. videos that went along with it where they had like experts talking about like what was going on or like what like how they identified it and it was interesting because it was really like like high up like they had to like fly in like international like jh mcdonald experts to like have differing opinions and be like i believe it's real i believe it's fake and there's seven of them that they believe for sure are like not real because they contain a green pigment that has like plastic in it or something that like what like didn't exist in his time that like these because also the other thing is these are sketches of paintings that like exist in their finished form and then they found they found other sketches that are like possibly real of how do I say this of like the finished form paintings that like are a little bit different versus the ones that are fake look exactly the same just smaller. So they're like clearly someone is copying these based off of the finished painting version and not wow. like leading up to 
like making like the finished version right but yeah so seven of the ten have like a pigment in it that like for sure did not exist in his time so they're like these are definitely fake right three of them didn't have that specific color so they're like kind of like undecided like they can't officially say that they're fake they're just like we're not really sure so yeah anyways so they have that all up which i thought it's kind of funny too because it's definitely like just a genius way for the gallery to like recoup their losses after like buying like forgeries i mean they didn't pay though is the thing because once they like were like these are not real they like the the people that like were selling them they had like a family who just like had them in their house or whatever um they like didn't get money so they like were like effectively like quote-unquote donated but like they didn't get a tax cut or anything like they didn't get any kind of compensation for them because they're like that's not real but they still made like an exhibit out of it and they still used it and you can still like go and see it wait so they're like still on display just like kind of interesting to think about i actually found out that um jh mcdonald sketch like original sketches can go from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars yeah that's pretty good so if you sold wow. them, that's bank <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like it, two million dollars i think it's interesting how they kind of were like okay we need this is an opportunity to see how like this process works mm-hmm. and it's also just like a really fascinating conversation on like what is art if someone can like almost exactly like replicate it yeah Yeah. like enough that like Um, international experts are like this is real and they're like no it's not you know yeah and it's like the effort we put into like giving credit to the original artist i Mm -hmm. think is really cool and very human it's like yeah true like we give that credit where it's deserved that like originality and um also just yeah, and also being able to tell someone's individual style. Yeah. Yeah. Just like qualitatively is super cool as well. Yeah, it's, totally. Um it like I felt like I learned like something. You know what I mean? More than just like information. I was like, I have a new skill I've developed from yeah. this exhibit. Yeah. But um in one of my classes today, it was like perfect timing. We were talking about um like the construct of a Canadian identity and how part of it is like specifically constructed to be that like Canadians are inherently connected to nature and connected to kind of like the domination of a wilderness and we talked about the group of seven Mm. and how the group of seven is hailed as our like these are our Canadian artists like look at like these are our guys and they did obviously like very like wild looking landscape art which is not like necessarily typical of like other artists around the world that are like hailed as like these are our artists you know what I mean like Botticelli like Da Vinci like whatever obviously very different style and generation but like like what we define as like fine Canadian like groundbreaking art is this like wild and like emotional like picture of like oh oh, like wild landscape but if you're talking about for example like Emily Carr's work who technically is not part of the group of seven but like colloquially associated with she did a lot of stuff where she would take or like represent um the workings of like Haida artists from Haida Gwaii but like obviously she got the credit and like the art institute named after her and these like indigenous artists did not get credit for that but they're like this is so beautiful that she represented this but she's just like do you know what i mean like completely taking something else and also in her work there's like a lot of um symbols i want to say or like themes i guess of like oh canada like used to have indigenous people but like it's not like that anymore like now that canada has been formed and like this land has been settled like this is the wilderness that's going away like it's beautiful and it's dying like the beautiful dying like wilderness beautiful dying like indigenous identity and it's like we still to this day like make exhibits out of these people's work and are like this is like like a good representation of like canadian identity and canadian art but it's like when it's like actively erasing yeah we're reinforcing these themes of like canadians as settlers as like you know connected to like like domination over land and indigenous like peoples which is like kind of i'm sure unconsciously a lot of the time being like you know maybe you're just like oh pretty landscape like painting but that is what it represents on like the global artistic stage wow so really interesting to me and often in those paintings there are no people yeah it's just landscape yeah yeah they're like it's like there's no people here and like we came and settled it it's like oh yeah there'll be like a indigenous like village or mm-hmm. something and it's totally yeah deserted well deserted. you'll see like the totem poles that like mm-hmm. emily carr would represent and it's like which yeah again like she's there's just no people like, in that she's just copying yeah. other art she's like this monument and it's like 
okay, like someone made that like pretty recently. Like, yeah. You're in a village that you're staying with these people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're, they're, that's not represented very effectively. And she obviously made a conscious choice to not include yeah, people totally. in the paintings. And we still were like, this is Canadian art. This is like the group of seven is like well known on the world stage as far as like art goes. Like that's like our, yeah. our cultural export. And it's reinforcing mm-hmm. that like settler identity. As Canadians. My like, mom oh. used to lead tours on the group of seven at the oh. Museum of Fine Arts in Montreal. <laughs> but like same, but no it's, the, it's the art that's talked about. Yeah, I mean, it was totally. just like Canadian, it was just like the Canadian exhibit. Yeah. So it was not like supporting, it was just like this is the art that's yeah. done by Canadians in this yeah. Canadian exhibit. Totally. But yeah, I'm gonna now go into a little promo from Jack Campbell, who is um, a member of CITR and also... Um, him and his uh, collaborator are choreographers, actors, vocalists, composers, and directors. So it's Jack Campbell and Anthony Knight. And they have recently written a ballet together um, being produced wow. on February 17th with the Emerging Artists Ballet of BC, which is a new ensemble of star students from the UBC School of Music. And it's presented at the Arts Umbrella Theatre. Um, so this ballet explores how humans have two universal experiences which tie us together and give us like a shared um, unspoken commonality, which is the understanding that we are all headed towards our deaths and the ways in which we individually experience love. So all of that pe- being perceived through the omnipresent passage of time. When these themes are reduced to their most primary elements, the major indisputable result of death is absence, and the major indisputable result of love is creation. So this piece explores the relationship between absence and creation, and how these two totally unique entities that seem so very opposite are actually conjoined in an inseparable relationship that both determines and governs a large element of our shared human experience. So the expression of these two themes is evident in the technical structure of the work, um, with physical elements constantly being removed and introduced, and the same in the score, with a constant state of sonic addition and subtraction as the formal foundation. So music that has variation without varying, which kind of totally plays into our collective consciousness theme Mm -hmm. for this episode. That is collective. Everything is coming together. Wow. Crazy crazy craziness everything is connected everything just like us <laughs> life is a circle Wee. so beautiful <laughs> but yeah that about does it for us today yay so thank we you love arts report so much yeah. for listening for and we will see you on february 7th is our next episode we are on a bi-weekly schedule now february 7th um, is fun drive which is fun drive yay. Fun, fun, fun. so we have some very fun and exciting things for fun drive genuinely actually Got some tricks <laughs> up my freaking sleeve. Oh my gosh. So, genuinely please. actually fun. Genuinely actually <laughs> funnest drive ever. You'll be driven to have so much fun. Literally. Oh my All right. Gosh. That is it. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. CITR operates and broadcast, and where many of you are listening to the program from, is the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam people. Hello and welcome to that song from that movie. I'm Movie Maverick Mike. And I'm Logan the Extra. Today we're going to be talking about Hudson Hawk and specifically the songs Mona Lisa by Nat King Cole, Swinging on a Star by Bing Crosby, and Side by Side.